chapter 3, Matthew chapter 3, page 996 in a Schofield King James Bible. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew 3, verse 1. In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Yes. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locust and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, once again for the privilege to be in your house this Lord's morning. God, thank you for your word, Lord. Pray now, Lord, you be our pastor, Lord, as it comes time for the preaching of your word. Lord, you just uh, give him a fresh anointing. Help him, dear God, as he stands to deliver the message that, uh, that you have for us here today. God, I pray you'd touch our hearts and our minds and ears and help us to receive that that you have for us. And Lord, again, Lord, you just have your will and way in this service and every heart and life here. Lord, there's one lost and undone here this morning, Lord. Pray, Father, you'd save them uh, before they leave this place. God, we'll give you the glory and honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. You'll be seated. It is our pleasure. I'm Hillary Baxter. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Last Sunday morning, we looked at this same passage, if you were here, on this thought. Can, are they hearing us? Do they hear us? We looked at the verse where the Bible says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We looked last week, and we seen the arrival of John. Of course, this is a, the biography of courageous faith. The biography of a man who had courageous faith. We looked last week and we seen the arrival of John in those days came. The assignment of John preaching. The area of John in the wilderness of Judea. And the announcement of John, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want to move a step further on that with this thought this morning on a voice of courage. There's one thing that could be said of John the Baptist. He was a man of courage. One of the main ingredients, if you will, of having a courageous faith is what God over and over said to Joshua. Joshua 1.6, Be strong and of good courage. He said in Joshua 1, 9, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Joshua 1, 18, Whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandments, and he will not hearken unto thy words, and all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death only, be strong and of good courage. Joshua 10, 25, Joshua said unto them, Fear not, nor be dismayed, be strong and and of good courage. Paul writing to young Timothy in chapter 3, and of course he said, we know also that in the last days perilous times should come. Mark this, one of the 
the telltale signs of our last days is the fact of a lack of courage. In Luke 21, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, seeing the waves roaring. Notice this, Men's hearts fell in them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth. More and more, I see a lack of truly born-again, washed-in-the-blood believers standing up with courage. And yet, if we're going to have a courageous faith, it's going to take a voice of courage. I mean, simple courage. Instead, I find many are more moved by fear. Fear of the economy, fear of this world, fear of the next president, uh, the fear of of this or fear of that. I, I find folks more moved by fear instead of faith. One thing the church still has, and I don't know how much longer we're going to have it, but we have it now. That is, we still have a voice. We still have a voice. And we still have the opportunity to share with every person we come in contact with. The question comes, however, do we have the courage to overcome our own fear and open our mouth and speak up? Boy, something in me that wants to say, let's strike up the band and and, uh, the gospel band, that is, because there's still a God worth sharing. There's still a soul worth saving. There's still a Savior worth talking about. There's still a victory in life worth living for. There's still a faith worth living out every day. There's still a church worth joining. There's still a heaven worth going to. Amen? And there's still a hell to warn people about. Praise God. But it's going to take some courage. And as I read this passage, I begin to, to realize very, very quickly... He was a man. He, he may not look too, too presentable coming in camel's hair and locusts hanging out his jaw, but I'll tell you this much. Bless God, he had some courage. He had some backbone about him, and I praise God for that. But I want to show you three things about a voice of courage. First of all, I see in this story, it is a sanctioned voice. What do you mean by sanction? I mean this. Long before John ever mounted a pulpit, long before John came on the scene, long before he opened his mouth to say a word, Isaiah said in 43, the old prophet of old said, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight the, in the desert a highway for our God. Matthew 3, 3 says, For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Long before he ever comes on the scene, God said, that's going to be a sanctioned voice. Do you understand this morning, even though I'm not a Calvinist, I do not believe 
Some are predestined for heaven and hell. Every person gets a choice. But do you know before the mudslabs of the world, hallelujah, God knew the choice you'd make. God knew where you would live, what you would do. And long before John ever done this, he was a voice, if you will. When Isaiah wrote this, Jews were facing 160 plus very difficult years. As a matter of fact, for 93 years, they would witness a stream of unparalleled wickedness flowing through their nation. And then literally they would see the fall of a nation to Babylon. They would be taken into captivity and spend 70 years scattered throughout the Babylonian kingdom. And through all of this, and it seemed like the nation would be destroyed. Hear me this morning. Would you not believe the devil when he says it's over, it's done? He's a liar. Do you know what I said? He's a liar. Would you not believe the devil when he says there's simply nothing else you can do? Oh, yes, there is. Would you, would you not believe the devil said, well, I'm just going to run the white bag of surrender and just give up. Would you not do that because there is something else you can do? You may very well be the only sanctioned voice in your family. You may be the only sanctioned voice that's going to bring God into anything. Oh, my goodness. We, we get a hold of it. He was a sanctioned voice. I love that. When it seemed like the whole nation. Isn't it amazing? 400 years before we get here, Listen to what the old prophet Malachi said. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. He shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Malachi reaffirmed, reaffirmed this sanctioned voice. Now, John the Baptist wasn't Isaiah, but he was like an Isaiah. He had the same word. He was a sanctioned voice, if you will. I love this. Matthew 3, the people are not waiting to see something. The people are waiting to hear something. And as they listened, there was a voice and it was a sanction. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What I'm trying to say is his voice was no accident. His voice was sanctioned, was promised. His voice was a divine appointment. Everybody shake yourself real good and please look at it this way. I'm going to give you something that will change your life right now. It will change you for a time and eternity if you get a hold of this. When the battle is raging the hardest, that's the time you ought to be looking to God because He'll say His greatest words to you right then. I give up. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Because now maybe you're willing to give it all to him. And that's where he's wanted it all along. He wants you to give up on it. He don't want you to quit him. He don't want you to quit church. But what he wants you to do is give it all to him. And quit fighting it. 
Here was John the Baptist. She comes on the scene. He's a sanctioned voice. And it's exactly the right time. Don't miss this as well. You're not an accident being in the house of God this morning. You say, I want to worship so-and-so. It doesn't make any difference. They're not here. You are. You know what's important is here is that you're here. God's got a word for you. And all he wants you to do is hear it. There's nothing special about me. Only thing is, I'm just a voice. And he has a voice for you. And he wants you to hear that voice. Because it's a sanctioned voice. Before the mudslabs of this world, God knew Sunday morning, Solid Rock Baptist Church would meet. He knew exactly where you would sit on a pew. He knew exactly the load you'd bring to church. He knew exactly what you needed. All you've got to do is open your heart and your ears and hear what he has to say. That's all you got to do. Isn't that wonderful? It's a sanctioned voice. Oh, I want you to know the voice of John. And don't miss this. God has sanctioned the church to be the voice in our days to reach the lost world. And when the world says, shut up, trust me, the world is saying, hey, church, shut up. Christian, shut up. And the world is doing their dead level best. Don't, don't, even this, and, and, and please don't boo me out. Hear, hear everything I say so you don't get sideways with me. I, it breaks my heart. This rascal went in and shot those people in that college. Bless God, that's wrong. But you know what they're, they're, they're doing now? You know how they're spinning this? He, wanted to, he asked them if they were a Christian. And instead of them saying he's attacking Christians, they're going to turn this around and blame the Christians for this mess. Before, and if it ain't the Christians, it'll be the guns. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Amen. And we find that the world says, shut up. And, uh, and people say, hey, Christian, shut up. Hey, young person, shut up in that school. We don't want to hear what you've got to say. Here's what the Bible says. Oh, blind Bartimaeus, this is what we ought to do. And many charged me should hold his peace. I like this. He cried the more greater. Thou son of David, have mercy. He's got louder. He's got louder. You see... In any court of law, in any court of law, you're not going to make a difference unless you are a witness and you have a voice. Do you understand your presence in a court of law is not going to make a difference? Your education is not going to make a difference. Your money is not going to make Your opinion. The only thing that's going to make a difference if you open your mouth and you get the right or choice or, or not the choice to, to be a witness. We find here was a sanctioned voice. So I love this. You say, if I'm a sanctioned voice, why should I declare it? Declare what you know. And you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. Here's what he said. We need to be a witness to what you know. Can I ask you a question? Do you know that you're saved? Do you know that? If you know that, then that's what you ought to share. Can't share what you don't know. Well, I, I heard that's hearsay. That's not admissible. But you ought to proclaim what you know. Hey, 
How many has God been good to you? Amen. Proclaim, declare what you know. And then declare what you know by experience. Praise God. I could stand this morning flat-footed and tell you, hallelujah, we need to be a voice of courage. We're a sanctioned voice. And I can stand flat-footed and tell you, my God is still in control. He's still on the throne. And He's still an almighty God. He can still do whatever He chooses to do. You know how I know that? Because I know that by experience. I read it in his book, but I have lived it. I have heard it, but I have lived it. And that's the reason why I can have, we can have courageous faith this morning is because it's a voice of courage, but it's a sanctioned voice. Our voice, our speech betrays us. Our speech tells us we're more fearful of the next present election than we are of, of a God that puts kings and removeth them. It'll help you to understand God ain't in heaven saying, uh-oh, man, how'd that happen? He ain't up there doing that. He ain't up there doing that. You need to understand if he has, here's what you know, here's what I, here's what absolutely blows my mind is this. God brings things into our lives and some of them are good and some of them are bad and some of them are challenging and some of them are blessing. Whatever they might be, instead of looking up and saying, God, what is it you want me to learn? What do I need to do? Let me see you in the midst of this. Listen to a song this morning. When I come up to church, and uh, it's going to have to be learned, or I'm going to learn it and sing it myself. It don't make any difference. So I'm threatening right now, all right? But he's talking about, he's in the eye of the storm. And when they was on that ship, and I mean they're in a storm of their life, and they look and they see somebody coming. And they don't recognize. And he said, it is I. It, 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 it's me, fellas. It's me. I want you to know something. In the midst of your storm, if you can forget looking at yourself and look for him, you'll see him in the midst of your storm. and might see the greatest work you've ever seen. And if you don't, you will sabotage Three to four generations. You need to understand some. Get this. Don't miss this. I quit that. What you say, preacher, do you ever get discouraged? Why, sure, I'm a pastor of a Baptist church. <laughs> My gosh. I used to be a, a, an upholstery supervisor. I didn't think it'd get much worse than that, but it has, amen. And, uh, Next thing, God's going to call Barry the priest so he'll know what it means to pastor a church. Anyway, why sure you get discouraged? Do you have battles? Why sure we have battles. We all have battles. Job said, man born a woman's a few days are full of trouble. That means you. That means you. Hey, there's a whole lot of stuff crazy people do that drive me nuts. That's the reason I'm going to do that every once in a while. It drives you crazy. Seen somebody the other day and said, My God, preacher, your hair used to be black. 
Well, I have, but I said, I pastor a Baptist church. Oh, that's okay. We understand. It's all right. We know. We know now. You know what's really, what's really a blessing is it's turning gray, but hallelujah, it ain't turning loose yet. Say amen right there. But I, it's a getting thin. I'm just telling you, we all have battles. And I'm going to tell you, my heart gets broken many times. Here's what you've got to understand. By the way, in the towel and quit, it's just not, just not me and Miss Stein's here. It don't stop at that generation. It, it, it affects that generation. Then it affects that generation. And that, and that, little, that generation right over there, it affects that little generation right there. But here's what you don't get. It affects their children's generation. And with the help of God, my children's not going to ever know that Papa and Mama didn't do right. I didn't say perfect, I said right. They're not going to know what a broken family is. Now, I'm not here belittling your broken family. I'm praying for you. I'm sorry. I'm saying, my God, let's not keep doing it. Let's not keep doing it. I'm just simply a sanctioned voice. You don't quite grasp. You are maybe the only one standing between heaven and hell for your family. Brings me to the second point. Don't miss this. A voice of courage. And by the way, I didn't plan this message this morning. I got this message two weeks ago. I'm amazed how God does things. Second thing, it was a sanctioned voice, but it's a solitary voice. He said, I'm the voice of one crying in a wilderness. It's a solitary voice. John didn't have an army to back him up. A committee to enforce his statement. A church to love him and support him. You do. A friend to stand with you, with him. But the one thing John had was a God in heaven and a voice. And he said, I've got to stand all by myself. Just going to stand. If I got to, if I'm the only one that's going to do right in this relationship, I'm going to do right. If I'm the only one that loves in this marriage, I'm going to do right. I'm just going to stand. If I'm the only voice, if I'm the only voice, I'm going to stand. I want you to hear me, and you hear me well. That's going to take some courage. That's going to take some courage. Wimps and pansies don't do that. Quitters don't do that. People that give up don't do that. Got to determine to stand for God and give Him your voice. And you're probably not going to have a chorus behind you. Got to stand and give you a voice. And you probably won't have a crowd, young people at school, that's applauding you. No. Probably going to have a crowd making fun of you. 
I, I said this the other week, and she determined to be a voice on that job. Understand, there ain't going to be a crowd joining you. You have to be a solitary voice. I said this last several weeks. It's in my heart. And I'm, I'm amazed at what I see God doing in our church right now. My goodness, it's, it's just amazing. I'm, I, I, if I had the liberty, I'd just tell you, it's just amazing all that, that I see God doing. And, and you may not see it, but I'm a seeing it. But one of the things I am a seeing also is this. I'm seeing God raising up some people of courage and a voice of courage and a solitary voice. And a voice that don't have to be. I, I, I'm honest with you. The Bible says in Jeremiah, and it makes this statement. I want you to listen to me now. I want you to listen to me very, very carefully. God knows I'm just trying to pour my heart out to you. The Bible says in Jeremiah, if horsemen, if footmen tire you, weary you, if footmen chasing you bothers you, you're worn out with, you're worn out and, and with, with footmen, what are you going to do when the horsemen come? What are you going to do when they ride in on horses? Here's what I think he's trying to get us to understand. And I'm not belittling your hurt. And some of you are fighting a hail by the, by the acre. You're fighting, the, you're, you're fighting by a truckload. And it's a big truck. And I'm not belittling none of that. But most of us, a whole lot of us, are, we get sideways over the, over the silliest and, and the pettiness and, and the childishness and the immature things I've ever seen in my entire life. Blows my mind sometimes while folks get sideways over. And I'm telling you this morning, if you're determined to be a voice for God, you're gonna, it's going to be a solitary voice. And if you've got to have a crowd to stand, then odds are you probably won't stand very long. You say, well, is there a power in that? Oh, yes, you'd be amazed. See, when we vote... That is the power of a voice. When you cast your ballot, your voice in the voice of one. Let me show you the power of that. 1645, one vote gave Oliver Cromwell the control of England. In 1800s, Thomas Jefferson was voted president by one vote. Andrew Jackson lost the presidential uh, Placed by one vote. 1845, the state of Texas was voted into the Union by one vote. In 1846, President Polk's declaration of war against Mexico passed by one vote. I, you're going to love some of this. Draft went from one year to two, year, to two and a half years by one vote. Elijah stood as one and prayed fire down from heaven. Just one. Daniel, a teenage boy. Daniel, the decree's been made. You can't pray or you'll be thrown in the lion's den. I want you to know, Daniel, Daniel, 
marched into his bedroom, opened his window towards Jerusalem, as he'd done every day of the week, bowed on his face, and they was waiting on him. He was the voice of one. And he stood. Esther, one young lady, queen of Persia, literally become the one to save an entire nation for such a time as this. One woman. 1957, Jeremiah Lengthier had a burn for revival. He started handing out tracts. After a while, he felt God wanted him to have a prayer meeting in a little old storefront building there. The first day he prayed, five people showed up. Started inviting people before a month was out, the five turned to 20. Before they knew it, the 20 turned to 100. And before they knew it, hundreds of cities were praying at 12 noon because one man began to pray. God always starts with just one. I need every person to look at me. Don't you ever forget this. No marriage, no marriage has to know what divorce is if just one will be the Christian they need to be. Now, I didn't say it's easy. Matter of fact, it would be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. I, I, I love this story. This fellow had a wife, and can you ladies imagine this? He would get his drunk buddies, and they'd come home 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, and they would drag her out of bed to fix some breakfast. And she would get up, and she would not complain one iota. She'd fix gravy and biscuits and eggs and bacon. and I mean, she'd fix them the best breakfast, and she'd sit it on the table. But she said, hold it, I got one condition, just one. Just one. Before you eat, I'm going to pray. And she'd pray over them drunks. Beg God to save them. Beg God to save them. She begged God not to kill them or let them get killed while they was drunk. She begged God to save them. And before that old woman died, her husband became a preacher of the gospel. Every single one of those men come to know Christ, and they all stood and testified to this fact. Because that old woman prayed. We was about half drunk, but we knew she was a-praying. Because of that woman's prayer, I'm telling you, you got a sanctioned voice and a solitary voice, but it's going to be a voice of courage. It's going to be a voice of courage. But then not only that, it's got to be a sincere voice. And for, for this is he that's spoken by the prophet of Isaiah, saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. One of the greatest errors of our day is this. We fail to understand 
The voices we hear today are very sincere in what they're saying. The Muslims are very sincere in what they believe in what they're saying. The homosexual movement of our day, the same-sex marriage of our day, are very sincere in what they're saying and what they're doing. They're very sincere. They really believe they're right. That's a failure on our part. Hollywood's corruption is very sincere. The music industry of our day is very sincere in what it does. You need to understand that. The educational system is very sincere. Politicians believe their own lie, what they tell you. Sincerity means this. Wholehearted, heartfelt, unfeigned, genuine in feeling, absence of the hypocrisy. Literally, sincerity means I really believe what I'm voicing with my lips. And our failure is this. They believe their lie more than you and I believe our truth. And they voice it. And they voice it. Because they believe their own lie. Can I ask you a question? Do you have one voice on Sunday, but a different voice on Monday? A voice invites people to church one week, and a voice that tears down the church the next week. A voice that loves the preacher one week, but hates the preacher the next week. A voice that says one thing, but then quite another and a different day, different service. Do you young people sing, Oh, how I love Jesus? When you go to school, Oh, how I love whoever the, the latest star is. I'm out of date. I'm just totally out of date. I, I don't know. That, I, I know it ain't Elvis Presley. He's dead. And I know when I mention him, y'all don't even know who he is. Some of the young people. So I know I'm out of date with him. I don't even know who the latest one is. But, but at school, oh, oh, how, oh, oh, I love him. You got two voices. Two voices. Which one's really you? Which one's really true? Here was a very sincere voice. And our world is sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. Sincerity means not only a sanctioned voice, a solitary voice, but a sincere voice, but it's a serious voice. Notice, John was moved when he saw the desperate need of the, those around him. He was lost his sheep and had no shepherd. Can I, can I help you this morning? Would you look this away? Everybody, if you'll just give me a few minutes and look just this right here. Your battle... It's not with who you think you're fighting. Are, are you looking this way? Are you listening? The battle you're fighting is not with the person you think you're fighting. 
No. If you could just see behind them just a little bit, even Christians can do this, is allow Satan to use them. And he's peeking around the corner. He's laughing at you. He's giggling at you. He's just saying, What have I got him now? Because he wants to destroy you. More than that, he wants to destroy the little boy and the little girl that's hanging in the wings that needs Jesus, that needs a Savior. And while you're fighting that, Satan's laughing at you. But you need to understand, they're not your enemy. Satan's your enemy. And he comes and John said, repent! Can you hear the crowd saying, John, you don't need to, John, you just need to calm yourself down. I got a, I got a message I'm going to preach. Talk less, hear more, and calm yourself down. I'm going to preach that pretty soon. That's a good message in his title. John, calm yourself down. You know that repentant mess is not going to get you a crowd. John said, I ain't looking for a crowd. You know if you keep preaching like that, people's going to leave. I'm sorry about that, John would say. But they're not my people, they're his. You know, John, if you're going to get invited to preaching meetings, you're going to have to quit that. I'm not looking for meetings. You know, John, if you call sin, sin, then the popular families are going to be upset. I'm sorry about that, John would say. But sin, sin. Sin, sin. For it's me or it's you. The Bible doesn't change. You know, you, John, you keep preaching like that. You know, people in your church ain't going to like you. And kids will tell their parents, we need to go to another church. And they'll just throw in the towel and let the kids run the house. God help you. And you'd say, preacher, that wouldn't ever happen. You'd be shocked. You'd be shocked. John, you keep preaching like that. You keep telling Herod he ought not have his brother's wife. He's going to cut your head off. John said, well, if you would, hit it right, right there. Make it quick. A voice of courage. I'm not going to tell you it's easy. And, and I ain't going to put me lying to you and tell you that it's going to get easier. I don't think it's going to get easier. I guess I'm just asking our... Do we have some folks that be a voice of courage? I'm talking about the biography of a courageous faith. It says, God give me a voice and put something in my heart. That's not going to change. I'm not throwing my God away. I'm not throwing my church away. I'm not quitting God. I'm not quitting my church. I'm not quitting on my Savior. And you might have to be a solitary voice. Now, I ain't going to lie to you. They, there's not a one of us that wants to do that. You say, why, why does it always have to be me? Because you're the only one. You're the only one. 
I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think there's anybody in this church that loves my family more than I do? You, you really think that there's anybody in this church that has more of a, a, a deeper love for my wife and my children than what I do? And their grandmother and their mother? What you need to understand is nobody can have that, but you can. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. And sometimes there's a whole lot of... And some, and some, of, you, and some of you don't have to fight that hell at the house. What you need to do is forget about yourself and look around and start saying, God, would you, would you please help those that do? You say, preacher, I, I don't have to fight that at home, but, but I, I, I'm going to pray for some. I know we got some in our church that has to, has to do that. And God, I don't know who they are. And I don't have to know who they are, but God, you know who they are. And I'm just going to pray. Please, God, touch them and help them, strengthen them, get up under them and be those helps and lift up their arms. But ultimately, we have to stand alone. Hey, young people. Young people, I wonder, have you got what it takes to be a solitary voice in your school? Hey, hey, church member, do you have, do you have the courage? To, do you have the courage to step up and say, it's been, been years ago now, I had a lady call me in the, I might should have got him. I don't know. She said, I, I have good record that one of your deacons is climbing out the window of a woman's house. I got pictures. I might should have said, bring me the picture, but I didn't. Here's what I said. I said, well, ma'am, first of all, I don't know you. Number two, I know that person. And they love God. Hey, we've been with me for all these years, and I'm telling you now, you're not going to talk to me. Am I listening about that? And our discussion ends, and I hung up on her. You say, was that easy? Oh, no, no. A voice of courage that steps up and says, a solitary voice and says, "That's just, folks, I, I've been accused of everything. I've been accused of, of, of literally pushing people in to in wheelchairs down here to, to vote out liquor in, in Rodeus. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I would have done that. So the accusation is probably true, but I didn't do I didn't roll a wheelchair one. I, I just heard this morning. I, I, I hear stuff like this all the time. That a woman said that, that uh, she wanted to sign her, her, uh, her child up for a vacation Bible school. But I told her she had to wear a dress. I never told her no such thing. Never said no junk. Craziness. His money ain't telling what I've been accused of. Here's the thing. If you're going to be a voice, if you're going to stand up and be a voice, especially a solitary voice, you're going to be a target. Now you can be, I'll tell you how you can never have a battle. Say nothing, do nothing, be nothing, and you'll never have a battle. But if you stand up to be a voice, you become a target. But can you be a solitary voice, a sincere voice, and a serious voice?
Dr. Jack Howe said this, a right walk can only come from the right stand. I want to close with this because this is the great truth I want you to get. How did John do that? How could John and how can you be that kind of voice? First of all, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. John said, I know who I'm talking about. I know who's given me the courage to stand. I know who's given me the, the, uh, the voice of courage. I know who's done that. Now, do you know him? Now, I want you to listen to me. Everybody look, look at me. I'm almost done. Don't you, don't you dare. If Jesus Christ... King of kings and Lord of lords has saved you by his marvelous grace, then don't sell him out for anyone. You know what? The day may come she goes crazy because you know it'd be crazy to leave me. But Darlene may go go crazy, hormones go crazy, and and she may up and leave me. But I'm going to tell you something. My God is still on the throne. And with the help of God, I'm going to stand. Voice of courage. Do you have a voice of courage? Now, Solid Rock Baptist Church, right now, I'm, I'm just amazed at what God's doing in our church and the battles that some are facing. And there's a whole lot of them facing battles that you don't have no idea about. But God does. I'm not belittling that. I ain't making a lot of any of that. And I'm so thrilled you're here this morning because this morning God's had a sanctioned voice, a word for you. Number two, it's time for you to be a voice of courage. It might be a solitary voice. But whatever you do, don't let Satan have your, your, your joy, your peace, your family. Don't let Satan have your children. Don't give them over to... I'm fighting. I'll fight to... to I'm like on Billy Sunday. I'm going to fight till I can't fight no more. If I lose my teeth, I'm going to gum him till I can't gum him no more. And then when I die, I want him to take my skin, pull it over a drum, and beat it until the skin is wore plumb out, telling the devil, I'm going to be a voice. Will you be a voice of courage this morning? We're looking. We need some. We've got to have them. Will you be a voice of courage? So I'll stand.